Here's the truth. Your cell phone company is probably funding liberal gun grabbers, Planned Parenthood, and liberal candidates. Patriot Mobile, America's only conservative cell phone company, gives you the option of pulling your hard-earned money out of liberal hands and putting it into organizations that fight for the First and Second Amendment, border security, and the sanctity of life, and saves you money. Join thousands of Americans using Patriot Mobile and get reliable nationwide coverage, unlimited talk and text, and high-speed data that fights for your freedom. Switch today at PatriotMobile.com slash Dan. Again, that's PatriotMobile.com slash Dan. Get ready to hear the truth about America on a show that's not immune to the facts with your host, Dan Bongino. Oh, do I got a show for you today. We have some more priceless Bernie Sanders material. Uh, this guy, it just never ends. It's uh, it's becoming a comedy show. It's like the sequel to Dave Chappelle's new Sticks and Stones. It's like <laughs> Bernie Sanders, uh, Stones and Sticks. Uh, so this, I got a lot of stuff there. I got breaking news on a lawsuit that Jay Sekulow's group is filing against Comey that hopefully will reveal the big question we've been asking forever now on this show. Yes. Who is Charlie? We actually had a show titled Who is Charlie? We'll get to that later. Very important stuff. All right, don't go anywhere, folks. Welcome to the Dan Bongino Show. Producer Joe, how are you today? Kind of now, kind of wow. Charlie, I'm doing good on this thundering Thursday. All right. Wow, that was um, quite an intro there, Joe. Uh, yes, that was fascinating. I'm for you Some lady wrote on Facebook, by the way, she that she told her husband she has a secret crush on you. I'm not kidding. It's on my Facebook. I'm going to have to send you a screenshot. She obviously didn't mind. She sent it to me. Well, thank you. So, yeah. Yeah, so we I read your Facebook messages, folks, and I just want to pass that on to producer Joe. Every ladies love Joe Armacoff. All right, today's show brought to you by our buddies at DraftKings. DraftKings, hey, it's time for you to celebrate. Football is back. It's back. And DraftKings, the leader in one-day fantasy football, has huge week one contests. You like fantasy football? DraftKings is a place to go. Starts this Thursday night when Chicago and Green Bay kick off the season in a single-game showdown with $2.5 million in total prizes up for grabs. That's right. Draft your single-game showdown lineup and feel the sweat like never before. It's almost as good as being on the field. It's simple. Just draft six players from the season opener. Stay under the salary cap. See how your team stacks up against the competition. Plus, new users who sign up today on DraftKings using code Bongino. Get a load of this. You'll receive a free shot at the $1 million top prize. Wouldn't that be nice? Nothing adds to the sweat of watching the game quite like having a shot at a million-dollar payday. Get in on the season opener action now. Download the DraftKings app now. Use code Bongino, B-O-N-G-I-N-O. For a limited time, both new and existing users can get a deposit bonus of up to $500, and new users don't miss this extra special week one bonus. Enter my code when you download the DraftKings apps, a DraftKings app, DraftKings app, DraftKings app. Enter my code Bongino to get a free shot at $1 million with your first deposit. That's code Bongino only at DraftKings. Make it rain. Yeah, baby. All right, let's go. Hey. So um, our good friend, uh-huh. Bernie Sanders, you know, why, again, why do you talk about Bernie so much? Ladies and gentlemen, because you can attribute the left-leaning lurch of the Democrat Party to as much of a fool as this guy is, largely to Bernie Sanders. Remember, this was the party just, uh, in uh, you know, gosh, 20-plus years ago in the Bill Clinton administration. Uh, the, God, I'm losing track of time. In the Clinton administration that gave a speech, Bill Clinton, the year of big government's over. The era of Bill Clinton saying the era of big government's over is now over. (laughs) That's over. And you can attribute a lot of that to the success of this wacko Bernie Sanders getting his message out there. Bernie Sanders was on this ridiculous climate change, like 22-hour telethon yesterday on CNN, which luckily I don't think anybody watched because it was so rife with misinformation and gaslighting. But Bernie Sanders was on yesterday doing what Bernie does well, propagating myths. Here he is responding to a question from a woman in the audience who believes in, if I had to rank the biggest hoaxes, liberal hoaxes out there, Mm -hmm. socialism works, 
climate change, global warming is real. I, I'm not kidding. You may think this was a dumb question by this lady, but liberals actually believe this. I would rank this one number one, that overpopulation is a big problem on planet Earth. Play this cut. Human population growth has more than doubled in the past 50 years. The planet cannot sustain this growth. I realize this is a poisonous topic for politicians, but it's crucial to face. Empowering women and educating everyone on the need to curb population growth seems a reasonable campaign to enact. Would you be courageous enough to discuss this issue and make it a key feature of a plan to address climate catastrophe? Well, Martha, the answer is yes. <laughs> and the answer has everything to do with the fact that women in the United States of America, by the way, have a right to control their own bodies and make reproductive decisions. And the Mexico City Agreement, which denies American aid to those organizations around the world that are uh, that allow women to have abortions or even get involved uh, in birth control, to me, is totally absurd. So I think especially in poor countries around the world uh, where women do not necessarily want to have large numbers of babies and where they can have the opportunity through birth control to control the number of kids they have, something I very, very strongly uh, support. Oh, uh, Captain Courageous there. Uh. <laughs> what? <laughs> um, sorry, my IFB line here. Uh, hey. I got people calling me here. <laughs> people call. There it is. Again with the phone. <laughs> um, folks, here's my problem with. So Bernie Sanders now wants to control the population. Um, once engaged in population control measures. Folks, this is not a small deal. I, I'm kind of like puzzled by this because this is one of those things you overpopulate. The overpopulation myth, do you understand? Because I want to pull this out to, you know, 30, 40,000 feet here for a moment, if you wouldn't mind. Yeah. I've talked about this on the show repeatedly, as Joe knows, over the last, what, four or five years of podcasting and doing yeah. this and guest hosting on radio shows. Do you understand the myth of overpopulation on planet Earth is the bedrock of a lot of poorly thought out, dangerous and deadly liberal policies? Their commitment in the early days to Margaret Sanger, like eugenics, the founder of Planned Parenthood, their commitment to abortion at all costs as a sacrament. Um, their commitment to land restrictions and, and energy restrictions policies are bedrocked in the idea when you pull it out to a bigger argument that the world is overpopulated. Don't underestimate. I'm not kidding. When you ever get a liberal that thinks they're educated, like uh, Martha Reddy, Reddyoff or whatever, and she's a teacher, which is frightening. Um, when you get them really talking, because I have, I've had to debate them through my runs for office and through being an activist for as long as I have. It will always come down to some kind of eugenics or overpopulation. In other words, as Bernie says, it's the poor people. We need to control them. They should not proliferate. Uh, it always uh, comes down to that. Yeah. Always. Every time. Now, this is a myth, ladies and gentlemen. It is one of the most pernicious myths, dangerous myths, and deadly myths in modern human history. That this, the world is overpopulated and we're all, we're all going to die. Now. I want, to, I want to spend a whole bunch of time on this, but this is important. It's why I pulled this specific clip out. Everything comes down to the left believing that the world is overpopulated. I pulled a couple of pieces, and I found this one, even though it's from 2013. It'll be in the show notes, by the way, and it's worth your time. From uh, pop.org. This is Population Research Institute. It's, it's dated October 1st, 2013. It's debunking the myth of overpopulation, but it is worth your time. Please, it's not very long. It's in the show notes. I'm going to hit a couple of points here that address the myth of overpopulation. Myth number one about overpopulation. We're running out of food. We're all going to die. You're all going to die. There's no food. Everybody is going to starve. There's no food. Actually, that's not true. From the pop.org piece here, check this out. Here's, a, here's a, the, the real reality, the hard facts on the ground, footnoted with the research, by the way, on what's actually going on with the world food supply. Food, there isn't enough, quote. Well, since the time of Malthus, Malthus is another one of these population bomb people like Paul Ehrlich, who believes the world is overpopulated. They were called Malthusians. Since the time of Malthus in the early 1800s, doomsayers have gloomily predicted that mankind would outbreed its food supply. 
<gasps> resulting in catastrophic famines, Joe. We're all gonna die. Oh, gosh, Bernie. Yet the world currently produces enough food, Joe, to feed 10 billion people. Oh. Well, there are only 7 billion of us. Now, this is 2013. <laughs> that is, with 7 billion human minds at work, we produce enough food for 10 billion human bodies. Imagine how much food we could produce with 10 billion minds. Folks, we are not... The biggest problem we have in rich, wealthy, capitalist countries that have managed through total factor productivity mm. to use their brain power to find new ways to farm. The biggest problem we have is not starvation. It's obesity. We are eating ourselves to death. Yeah. Now, yeah. are there, to, to be fair, are there, to be fair, to be honest is more appropriate. Yes, there are famines that happen. These famines are largely the result of human failures. They are the result of governing failures. They are not the result of the world being overpopulated. We currently have enough food for 10 billion people. About 2 billion, uh, we can feed 2 billion people more than exist on the planet right now with our current brain power. So what Bernie's telling you in answering this, we got to control the population. We need population control. Birth control everywhere. Birth control, hand them out like Wheaties. Uh-oh. It's not true. He's just making it up. It's annoying. He's just that, folks, you just don't know what you're talking about if you're going to insist the world is overpopulated, like Margaret or Martha, whatever her name is, ready up. Number two. Joe, we're clearly running out of drinkable water. No. Everybody's going to die of thirst. Yeah, that's not true either from oh, the pop.org thank piece. Thank God. This is not enough fresh water for everyone. Well, there is. Since 1900, fresh water withdrawals, in other words, the production of usable water, has increased much faster than the human population has increased. Fresh water withdrawals have increased sevenfold since 1900, while the world population has increased only fourfold. This suggests our ability to access usable water is increasing faster than population growth. Ladies and gentlemen, yeah. we are not running out of water. The supply of water around the globe does not change. It changes forms from its liquid state to ice to its gaseous state, the steam up in the... Uh, it, it doesn't... The water... The, it doesn't it yes there are parts of the world that have times have been parched it does not mean the world is overpopulated Ugh, again i want to spend a ton of time on this it's just it's the bedrock of the liberal stupidity you see out there i got a bunch of mm -hmm. stuff this lawsuit by aclj is going to blow the doors off this comey stuff by the way um again and no it doesn't always mean they're going to be in handcuffs don't mistake the two but here finally um, one final piece, because I, I believe this too, and the reason I'm bringing this up and why it's such a sensitive topic to me, why I'm opening the show with it today after that dopey climate change mm -hmm, panel, mm -hmm. a seven-hour-long telethon on CNN yesterday, this matters to me for a reason. If I may tell you a personal story for me, I was sitting in, and I was not, I was never a liberal, but I was an independent in college, and you know, you're in college, and you, you know, the liberal poll is always there. It's like a magnet. Everybody's a liberal in college. And I started to believe this overpopulation myth to the point where I was lecturing my mom about it. Mom, the world is overpopulated. We're all going to die. And my mom was like, we are? And I remember telling her, like, look, every problem is overpopulation. Parking and all this other stuff. And I, was, I look back and I'm like, gosh, were you an idiot? Like, how stupid were you? Huh. True story, though. One day, Metropolitan Avenue in Queens, I'm in a pharmacy waiting. To, I was sick. So I start uh, leafing through a book. And I think it was, I'm, I'm not sure, but I think it was Limbaugh's book. And in there was this statistic I could not believe because I believed overpopulation was real. It said that every human being on earth, I'm not sure if it was Limbaugh's book, so forgive me, but it, may, it, was, it was a conservative book. And it said every human being on earth could fit in the state of Texas with the equivalent living area of the average apartment size in Europe. Every human being on earth. So the whole rest of the planet could evacuate into Texas alone and you could all have apartments with the equivalent living space of an average size apartment in Western Europe. Doesn't sound overpopulated to me. Mm -mm. And there was another statistic from that population.org piece, which uh, it's not on the screen, but you'll see it in the piece if you read it, that every person on earth right now, man, woman, and child, if, you were to, if we were to evenly space people out, there would be five acres between you and the next person. You'd be like, hey, hey, buddy, can you hear me? <laughs> five, five acres to yourself yes. before you would contact I another human you. being. Joe, <laughs> 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 uh, 
You'd have to get hand signals and smoke signals. I see you. Folks, five acres, it's, it's a pretty big amount of <laughs> yeah, space. Man. The world is not overpopulated. Stop telling people that. <laughs> it's not true. And this is why I say, like, we have to debunk this stuff. I got a very nice Facebook message from a woman this morning I responded to. I tried to respond to someone. She said, you know, I appreciate your show because I was a liberal and I never, I believed all this stuff was true before. I, this is what we do here. It's just not true, ladies and gentlemen. The world is not overpopulated. Stop using it as an excuse, liberals, to engage in forced abortions, massive efforts to control, uh, you know, birth control. You want to buy birth control? Buy birth control. It's available anywhere. It's out there like Tic Tacs. But don't tell us that the government should get involved in massive population control measures. We saw that in China with forced abortion, and it really hasn't worked out too well. Speaking of obtuse Bernie Sanders, and thanks to Joe for processing these things. This is Bernie yesterday. This is just, uh, I mean, I'm sorry, because talking about Bernie is really, you lose brain cells by the moment discussing this guy. Here's Bernie at a, a small little town hall he did yesterday. And a baby starts crying in the middle of the event. And Bernie just doesn't know what to do because he's so obtuse. Check this out. This is great. In front of a TV camera. Did I hear you correctly say that you have to cut your pills in half your time? Okay. We can keep that down a little bit. Okay. Um... starts crying the baby starts crying can you keep that down dad like it's got a volume button ma'am ma ma'am turn the volume on that thing down whatever you're holding there that resembles a mini human i don't know what that is i heard it burping there was some seminations from its mouth potentially from its other end turn that thing down there's a clicker on the back Go to the back, open the onesie, turn the volume down on it. I'm trying to give a speech about socialism, and you got this wine machine over there. Turn that thing down. Come on. This is a political rally. We have these machines. They are loud. They fart all over the place, and they come to my rallies, and they scream and yell while I'm talking about taking over the healthcare system. Come on. Turn the thing down. Volume off. Doesn't that thing have a mute button? Sheesh. Sheesh. Take your cell phone, punch Sheesh. the mute button in. Isn't there an app? There's an app for that thing. Turn the volume down, open the app, hit the mute button on that thing. This guy is so out of touch. He is so not relatable to anyone. I, I, I don't get this. He... I, I mean, I, listen, I don't like to do a lot of... Because I don't want to waste your time, yeah. personal story. But uh, this matters. I keep telling the story. This guy in the gym, friend of mine, he left. He had a move, but he's a good guy. He was a personal trainer over there. We chat a lot. He listened to Bernie on on uh, Joe Rogan's show, and he's like, well, the guy makes sense. I was so disappointed. I know he listens to the show, so shout out to my buddy. I'm not knocking you, but he's like, oh, I sound like it makes sense. I don't, I honest to God, I'm not messing with you folks. I don't get it. How This guy is the most unrelatable human being I've ever, and you know when he does that thing in the debates where he points <laughs> when he wants to talk? Hey, hey. Yeah. What's the what? When you run for office, the first thing they tell you is never use the finger point. You can use the blade hand like I do, right? Right, Paul? Yeah. I do the blade hand. You never, people hate it when you, it reminds them of their third grade teacher. Yeah. Sister Ellen. Yo, the little Daniel, put your pencil case, but I said put the pencil case. Don't point. Bernie. Hey, oh yeah, Jake, Jake. I have a question. I got that. It is my turn. It is my turn, Jake. That baby machine. Shut that thing down. The baby. Hey, you over there with that thing with the hair and the smelly stuff in the diaper. Turn that thing off. This guy's the most unrelatable dude I have ever seen in my life. Dude. How are you 19, 20, 21 years old? Sitting there with your iPhone, whatever, your 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 computer, your iMac, your AirBuds. How are you watching this guy with the turn the volume down on the baby? And like this guy relates to I, I just I don't get it. It is one of the few times in this show I will admit to you that I'm being sincere. I do not get the appeal of this guy at all. I really don't. It's just it's so perplexing to me. I have no idea what people find uh, interesting about Bernie Sanders. All right. Um, this is some troubling video. Uh, that, moving on. I know I spent a lot of time, but it's it's important. And the, and the reason I said in the beginning still matters. 
the le- leftward lurch of this party, you can largely attribute to this guy. And if we don't start to dismantle the nonsense he's gaslighting people with, it's going to go farther left in the future, ladies and gentlemen. We're going to be dealing with a really big problem. Okay, so we were told during the Brett Kavanaugh hearings for the Supreme Court. Remember, Joe, when Christine Blasey Ford, the uh, professor, came up and put out this story with no evidence to back it up at all. Matter of fact, counter evidence. Uh, She had made all these claims Mm -hmm. that Brett Kavanaugh had uh, sexually assaulted her, produced zero evidence at all. The story fell apart. She couldn't even get the details of her own story correctly. People she cited as witnesses came back later and gave different accounts Mm -hmm. of what happened. Bottom line is there's no evidence what she accused Brett Kavanaugh of actually happened. Well, a lot of us at the time when Christine Blasey Ford came out and said what she said at that hearing to try and get Brett Kavanaugh uh, uh, not confirmed, to try to throw an obstacle in front of his Supreme Court confirmation, a lot of us fairly questioned this and said, wait, the story doesn't make any sense. There appears to be a different motivation. Again, though, folks, speaking to the liberals' absolute inability to keep their mouths quiet on this stuff. They can never do this. I want to play a video in a second here. This is Blasey Ford's lawyer, Deborah Katz, actually admitting what one of the real motivating factors for Blasey Ford speaking out against Brett Kavanaugh was. This reminds me, Joe, liberals do this all the time. The examples are legion. Remember Jonathan Gruber, the Obamacare architect? He comes out with that video. You basically are really too stupid to figure it out on your own. So that's what Obamacare was about. We were all like, liberals can never, it it is the the fatal conceit, to quote Hayek. It is the the vision of the anointed, and they're the anointed ones, to quote Saul. They believe they're so smart that it, do you understand? Like they talk and they say these things afterwards and they admit their own malfeasance because they don't think it's malfeasance. They think they're doing this in the public good. And folks, to quote many great thinkers in the past and to paraphrase them, who said similar lines along these lines, there is nothing more dangerous than the tyrant who's motivated by the fact that he believes he's helping you in your personal good. There's nothing more dangerous than that. Nothing. These people believe they're helping you. Gruber, Katz. Here's the video of Blasey Ford's lawyer. Christine Blasey Ford basically admitting what the real motivation behind the disingenuous attack on Kavanaugh was. Play the cut. Aftermath of these hearings, I believe that Christine's testimony brought about more good than the harm misogynist Republicans caused by allowing Kavanaugh on the court. We were going to have a conservative. Elections have consequences. But he will always have an asterisk next to his name. When he takes a scalpel to Roe v. Wade, we will know who he is. We know his character, and we know what motivates him, and that is important. It is important that we know, and that was part of what motivated Christine. Folks, they can't keep quiet. They cannot keep quiet. They are. Do you understand? They think they're doing these things in the public good, personal attacks, taking your money, keeping kids out of quality schools. That's why they go on and advertise. What's a better way to explain this? You know, if if you think you did something wrong, you know, um, you snuck into a movie theater and you're kind of embarrassed by it later on, mm-hmm. you don't go on your podcast and advertise it, right? Yeah. But if you're a protester and you sneak into the movie theater to protest on behalf of Planned Parenthood, you're going to put the video all over the place because you think you're doing something in the public good when you're a liberal, when typically you're not. They advertise their own malfeasance because they don't think they did anything wrong. Deborah Katz just admitted that her client, who was making potentially career-ending serious sexual assault allegations against a what a man with a fine, impeccable reputation beforehand, that the reason they did it was because abortion legislation might be changed. That has nothing to do with an allegation of sexual assault. Nothing. She's admitting it, just like Gruber. You're all too stupid to figure out your own health care. They can't shut up. She thinks she's doing the public a favor by accusing an innocent man of a grotesque sexual assault he didn't commit. Folks, listen to it again. She thinks she's doing the public a favor. This is the fatal conceit, the knowledge problem with liberals. They think they're so smart and you're so stupid 
that the ends will always justify the means by which they get there. I have to accuse Brett Kavanaugh falsely of a sexual assault, humiliate him and his family and destroy his career. That's fine. To me, it was never about that. It's just about abortion legislation. That's why they advertise it. I have to take away millions of Americans' health care, double and triple their deductibles. A-OK. No problem. You guys are idiots. You can't figure it out on your own. I'm John Gruber, and I'll advertise later what I did because I'm going to clean the stain of your ignorance off our health care policy and fix it for you because I'm so smart. They cannot help themselves. This was always about abortion policy. This lawyer's not even embarrassed by that. By the way, um, hat tip to the Daily Caller for who put this out there. I'm sorry. Let me just pull this up quick. I tweeted it, and I want to be sure I give proper attribution. I don't like when I do that. But she, I actually saw that. It's Mary Margaret Olahan, and she is, mm-hmm. what's her Twitter handle? At Mary Marg, O-L-O-H-A-N, who put out this video from the Daily Caller. So nice job finding that. And thanks to Joe and Paula for putting it out mm-hmm. there. They advertise it because they think they're helping the most dangerous kind of tyrant out there. Now we know the real reason. All right. Um, Today's show also brought to you by our buddies at iTarget. Ladies and gentlemen, if you own a firearm, you have two responsibilities. Obviously, the safety of that firearm comes first, but second is proficiency. I debated, uh, you know, Chris Hahn last night on Fox, and, you know, Chris made some dumb comment about, you know, he does that a lot, unfortunately, um, about how, you know, people, guns are dangerous, so people shouldn't have them. Uh, Um, all right, whatever. Um, I think people can figure that out. Um, They can be in the wrong hands. So you have the responsibility to be proficient. Well, what's one of the best ways to increase your proficiency with with a firearm? Well, you can go to the range, and you should. The range is essential. The problem is the range is not always convenient. Sometimes it's very far from your house. It costs money. You have to buy the rounds. You have to clean your firearm afterwards. Sometimes you just don't have the time. What if I told you I have the way to increase your proficiency with your firearm dramatically? You don't have to clean anything up. You don't have to change the firearm you have now, and you don't have to go to the range. iTarget Pro. iTarget Pro. That's the letter iTarget Pro, iTargetPro.com. What is the iTarget Pro system? It is a laser round they will send to you that comes with a target. You download this phone app, and when you insert the laser round into this safely unloaded firearm, you have now no manipulations, 9mm, 40S and W, whatever you got. You have 5.56, whatever you have. You will drop that round in there. And you will then, you can practice on that target. It emits a laser. And you can see on the target where the rounds would have landed. The laser, he shows up, you get what I'm saying? It emits a laser onto that target. So you get to dry fire. It's not a live round. It's a nerd. It only emits a laser. But now you can see where they would have landed on the target. Rather than just plain dry firing where you have no idea. Ladies and gentlemen, you can work on your trigger control, your sight alignment, your sight picture. This will dramatically, dramatically increase your proficiency with a firearm. Please check this system out. You, it, it, I've people send me pictures of their targets. From week one, they're all over the place. Week two, they look like golf balls. That's how good you will become with this system. Go to itargetpro.com. That's the letter I, not like I, like the organ. itargetpro.com, the letter I, I T A R G E T pro.com. Use promo code Dan and you'll get 10% off. You'll support the show too. itargetpro.com, promo code Dan for 10% off. Okay. Um, Before I get to this uh, Comey stuff, I want to discuss just quickly this article I saw on CNBC, which I'll have up in the show notes, because it's very, very dangerous for you, for your wallet, for your business, and it portends a dangerous economic future for the United States. Alan Greenspan, former Federal Reserve Chair, gave an interview yesterday, and he said, uh, this is a Fred Inbert article at CNBC, it'll be in the show notes. Alan Greenspan says, uh, says, quote, it's only a matter of time, end quote, before negative rates spread to the U.S. What is he talking about? Why does this matter to you? And why would I be a little bit worried? Negative, think about what negative rates are. He's talking about negative interest mm, rates. Yeah. So you know what a positive interest rates are. Unfortunately, yeah. with negative interest rates, get people sometimes get a little bit confused. A positive interest rate is simple. I lend money to Joe, and I lend it to him at an interest rate based on his risk. Mm-hmm. I know Joe, lend money to Joe maybe 5% for a couple months. Joe gives me back my money plus 5%. That's as simple as that. Yeah. What's a negative interest rate? A negative interest rate is when it goes in the other direction. In other words, my money isn't making money as I lend it out. My money's losing money as I lend it out. If I gave Joe money at a, 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 at a coupon of negative 5% rate, 
Joe's going to pay me back less money, hmm. 5% less money than I gave to him at the end of the time period. Why are, why are governments doing this, number one? We're seeing this phenomenon around the world. And a lot of, this is why I never trust the economists. I just, well, I shouldn't say I never trust economists. I don't trust economists to take themselves too seriously. This was one of those things that was deemed impossible. We'll never go to negative interest rates around the world. Who would lend money to the government to get less money back later? The answer is a whole lot of people, apparently. Germany and others, we've seen negative interest rates. Why do governments love these things? Think about it. It's very simple. And why is this portend such a negative future for you if this comes here? Governments love negative interest rates. Think about the government's ability to lend money to its population and later on have to give them less money back. Sounds kind of like a tax. Yes, a tax. Government issues a billion dollars in bonds. The public buys them up. The government gives back $900 million. Keeps the difference. Now, you may say, who would do that? A lot of people are doing that because the risk they deemed with this global catastrophe we're looking at of debt is that they're going to lose everything. So they're like, well, lose everything or just lose $100 million? Mm-hmm. I'll take the $100 million loss. But folks, why, uh, why is this so dangerous for you? Because some of you are thinking right now, economically savvy folks out there who have a smart audience, you're saying, all right, well, that's okay with me. I mean, if the negative if interest rates go negative, and by the way, that'll filter through to the banks. Because remember, banks index their interest rates to a lot of government benchmarks. So if the government goes negative, banks will too. So a lot of you are saying, all right, no big deal. I'll go do what they do in Japan. There's a booming industry for one specific product in Japan because of negative interest rates. What is it, Joe? Uh, safes. <laughs> safes. Yeah. Safes. I'm not kidding. People yeah. go to the bank. Oh, I'm going to take a lot of my money out. Thank you. I'm not getting a negative interest rate. And they put the money in the safes. Where the money, by the way, if negative interest rates were to, were to and, and granted, the likelihood of this happening in the United States anytime soon is probably slim, but it could happen. I want to warn you so you understand. That money in the safe is by default growing if everybody else's money isn't. (laughs) The buying power of your money goes up by doing nothing, by rotting in your safe with negative interest rates because everybody else's buying power, money in the banks is going down. Now, you may say, okay, it doesn't sound too bad. Well, no, 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 time out. T.O., time out on the field. All right. Folks, here's the problem. With the growing and exploding digital economy and rules we've seen in Europe on the transfer of high euro notes, so we're not, you know, they, don't, they want to ban transactions in these high denomination euro notes, it's only a matter of time before the government figures out the safe scam, which isn't really a scam, a safe, I mean the physical safe, people taking their money up, and says, you know what, we're only going to conduct business and do business with people who conduct digital transactions. Ladies and gentlemen, that means your cash is pretty much worthless unless it goes back in the bank and you can whip out your credit card. And if it goes back in the bank, the government gets to tax it through negative interest rates, which is just, it, it, it's, it's a Bernie Sanders wet dream. This is what they want. Ne- you see negative interest rates coming into the United States, run for the hills, get your safe and get your money quick. This is a big deal. You understand what I mean by the digital economy, right? Mm. You won't be able to conduct cash transactions. Who's going to take transactions in cash? The landscaper? Who? The, the, the guy who, uh, who owns the gutter cleaning company? The, the guy who maintains the pool? The local deli on the corner? I mean, that may be it. Your mortgage payments, your cell phone payments, all of it will be exclusively digital. Next thing you know, they'll ban postal money orders, too. Because they want your money in the bank. Because governments love to borrow money and then pay back people less. Be very careful mm. about this stuff. It's a big deal. All right. Uh, final sponsor there. And I want to I want to roll a little bit on this Comey story. Because it was, uh, Jay Sekulow was on last night. And it was a big, big deal on uh, on Hannity. So, do we just have a, what did you put up there? I just saw something creep up there on the screen. What was that? What? 
Oh yeah, throw that up there. Yeah, we I forgot about that. Yeah, we got. I'm sorry, we had to listen. Policy Genius, folks, if you're shopping for life insurance, any kind of insurance out there, please check out Policy Genius. They're a great sponsor. Go to policygenius.com. That's policygenius.com. They compare quotes in just two minutes. Check out policygenius.com. They are terrific. We love policygenius.com. They've been a good sponsor of our show. If you're in the market for life insurance, policygenius.com is your place. Head over there. Um, okay, uh, today's show also brought to you by. Our buddies at Ollie. Yeah, I got to see the picture. Put up the picture. Your dog's health is as important as every other member of your family, and it starts with when you feed them. But you know what's in your dog's food? Ollie, but look at those dogs. Look at those dogs. Those are our dogs. We've adopted them from my mother-in-law. That's Linda on the left and the baby boy on the right. Look at those faces. The cutest dogs ever. You know why they look like that? Those dogs are 11 years old, by the way, and they look like that because they eat Ollie, and Ollie puts dogs first with vet-formulated recipes, fully transparent ingredients to give your dog the healthiest food possible. They make fresh meals for dogs, Ollie, with real ingredients that people can eat and delivers them on a regular schedule. People can eat this food. This is people quality food. Mm. It's not some garbage kibble. They beat out store-bought food, store food at 10 to 1 on the palatability scale because they create customized vet-formulated recipes made with all natural ingredients, no preservatives, no garbage, all sourced from U.S. family farms as real food. Go to myali.com slash try slash Bongino and get 60% off your first box. Answer a few questions about your dog. They'll customize recipes to your dog and ship pre-portioned meals so your pup gets the perfect portion every time and it'll look like baby and Linda. They delivered 5 million meals and counting. Shipping is free if your dog doesn't like the meals. They have a money-back guarantee. Ollie's offering our listeners 60% off your first box plus a free bag of treats at myali.com slash try slash Bongino. That's myali.com slash try slash Bongino. This is the best deal they have available anywhere. Again, go to myali.com slash try slash Bongino for 60% off plus a free bag of treats. That's spelled myolie.com slash try slash Bongino. Go check it out. My uh, The doggies love it. The dog, if I say doggies, they'll stop barking. Doggies! They'll come in here and start barking. That's my thing. Whenever I want to feed them, <laughs> I always do that. And they come running in. Right, Miriam? I go, doggy! And they come running in. It's, a, they, they <laughs> it's the funniest thing ever. Oh, boy. Okay. Enough with negative interest rates. They're out there now. They can hear me. Because did we have a thing outside. The, the, you know, the sound transfers out there. So... Jay Sekulow was on Hannity last night, and they have a lawsuit going against Comey. Now, I had covered this story a bit before, um, but it is I'm not going to repeat it exactly, given the breaking news, but it is worth worth you hearing again. We asked the question a long time ago on the show, and then a couple weeks ago again, who is Charlie? Yeah. there, And I'll get to that text exchange in a minute. Mm-hmm. It's a text exchange between Peter Stroke and Lisa Page, two FBI investigators, talking about this person they want to get into the White House. And it appears they're talking about a spying operation. Before we do that, I want to put up this Paul Sperry piece, Real Clear Investigations, because this is how this relates to this whole story. This is great in the show notes today. It's one of our top stories. It's from July 22nd, 2019, but man, is it worth your time. Justice Department watchdog has evidence Comey probed Trump on the sly. Folks, the Comey thing, again, he seems to have skated any legal, sadly, legal penalties on the prior Comey IG report on his ridiculous behavior, but he has not skated a reputational harm or or a, a, an indictment of his horrible behavior. I know that doesn't matter to a lot of you, and I understand, and that's fine. I get it. it I, I, we want to see real, uh, tangible penalties for this as well. Understood. But Comey, the IG report on Comey was devastating because of one big principal reason. Comey told the president repeatedly, what, Joe? He was not under investigation. Yes, true. He lied. He lied yes. repeatedly over and over to the president telling him he was not under investigation. Now it not only appears that not only was the president under investigation, but the president was, in fact, the subject of a rogue intelligence operation where Jim Comey, who he says, well, we wouldn't talk about literally spying on him. It seems they were spying on people and putting spies inside the actual White House for the FBI. This gets ugly. Now, a Jay Sekulow's lawsuit he wants the communications between Comey and others about this one specific guy who this, I mean, you want to talk about six different levels of suspicious from the Paul Sperry piece. Here's the guy they're talking about who they think may have been a spy inside the White House. 
They're talking about this guy named Anthony Ferrante. It was an FBI uh, official. Uh, quote, in an unprecedented action, Jim Comey created a new FBI reserve position for Ferrante, enabling him to have an ongoing relationship with the FBI, retaining his clearances and enabling him to come back to FBI headquarters, said a former National Security Council official who requested anonymity. Get a load of this, folks. Between the election in April of 2017, when Ferrante finally left the White House, keep in mind, this guy's planted in the White House by the FBI. The Trump National Security Division, where he was planted, the Trump National Security Division supervisor was not allowed to get rid of Ferrante, he added. And Ferrante continued working in direct conflict with the no contact policy between the White House and the Department of Justice. Folks, this guy Ferrante is suspicious six different ways from Sunday. So just to be clear, we're talking about Seculo files a lawsuit. We'll get to it in a second. He wants the records about this guy, Ferrante. Ferrante, a special, special Joe, air quotes, special mm-hmm. position is created for Ferrante inside the Trump White House by Jim Comey. Conveniently, he has some cybersecurity experience, Ferrante. Yeah. We'll get to that in a yeah, second, okay. too. And you remember, yes, and Ferrante do. can't be fired. This is the dude, yeah. Comey says, no, no, you guys can't fire this guy. We're sticking this guy in the National Security Council. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Allegations have surfaced, credible ones now, that Ferrante's purpose with there was not national security, but it was to spy on the Trump White House. Think about and digest for a moment, please, what I just told you. Now, you know, I think you brought this up almost a year ago. We did. Yeah. Yes, we've been talking I, about this. I know who for you're talking a about. Very long time. Yeah, yeah. Cool. Now, why is this a big deal? Yeah. Well, it's a big deal because there's a spy in the White House working for the FBI. Obviously, in the Nelson Mons kind of moment. Mm-hmm. But I said obviously. But the story gets worse, ladies and gentlemen. Ferrante leaves the FBI. He leaves the FBI after in this position where he's allegedly spying for the Bureau on the White House. Mm-hmm. I mean, that makes Hoover look like a Boy Scout. He leaves after working with the Obama administration right after the allegations about the DNC being hacked by the Russians start to surface. He had worked with the Obama administration on this. Presidential Directive Number 41. The same guy who's allegedly spying, according to some reports, for the FBI and the Trump White House. He worked on this. I'll get to that in a second. On July 26, President Obama signed Presidential Policy Directive 41. And it was about uh, cybersecurity and response to cybersecurity incidents. They was issued this presidential directive by Obama, worked on with in conjunction with Ferrante, following high-profile attacks such as the OPM breach and the recent breach of the DNC's email system. Oh, isn't that special? So allegations start to surface that the DNC has been hacked, possibly by the Russians, in collusion with the Trump administration. Totally bogus, by the way. And all of a sudden, this FBI guy works on the distribution and the uh, and putting into place in po- these policies and prescriptions in Presidential Protective uh, Policy Directive Number 41. You say, well, how do we know Ferrante worked on that? Let's go to Ferrante. Here's Ferrante's description, a description of what Ferrante did. Hat tip 279 for the underlining here. Prior to joining FTI Consulting, which is where he left the FBI to go to do something even more incredible, I'll talk about in a minute, Mr. Ferrante served as the Director for Cyber Incident Response at the National Security Council at the White House, where he coordinated U.S. response to unfolding domestic and international cybersecurity issues, cybersecurity issues. Listen to this one. But, 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 where'd my stuff go? Where my st- it disappeared. Building on his extensive cybersecurity and incident response experience, he led the development and implementation of Presidential Policy Directive 41. So let's just be clear on this. The hoax starts to develop through Christopher Steele, the Trump's colluding with the Russians around the summer, July or so, potentially earlier of 2016. The information filters its way through our intelligence community community in the D.C. elites. At the same time, the DNC is hacked. They need to seek blame. Obama issues a presidential directive 
has this FBI agent Ferrante work on the implementation of this directive, who later leaves after Trump wins to go and work inside the White House to allegedly spy on people inside of the White House for Jim Comey, who's running a rogue spying operation on Donald Trump, who they still are insisting colluded with the Russians based on a hoax to win the election. Amazingly, this guy Ferrante, after he leaves the National Security Council in this special FBI position they created, and after working with the Obama team on this new directive in response to the hoax about Trump collusion, he goes to work for a company named FTI Consulting. At FTI Consulting, Joe, what's one of their major contracts? <laughs> Ferrante's working there now. Yeah. Folks, you're never going to believe this. You may if you heard our Who is Charlie show. FTI Consulting goes to work for BuzzFeed. Ferrante's working for FBI, FTI Consulting. Yeah. To verify the dossier even after the d- dossier's been debunked. Oh, do you believe this? No. So you have a, a a guy who's allegedly spying, according to multiple reports now. The ACLJ, ACLJ, I'll get to the bottom of this. Spying on the Trump White House, who leaves the FBI, and then potentially takes that information to a private consulting firm hired by a news outlet to verify the document they used to start the spying that we now know is a hoax. Now, to get back to who is Charlie, why is this a big deal? Mm-hmm. Remember this text exchange between Peter Stroke and Lisa Page? Peter Stroke, talking with Bill. He's talking about his boss, Bill Prystep. Do we want Joe to go with Evanina instead of Charlie for a variety of reasons? This is, I, I think, from uh, Conservative Treehouse. Sorry, I screenshotted this a long time ago. Page responds, hmm, not sure. Would it be unusual to have show up again? It's, it's redacted there. Maybe another agent from the team? Stroke responds, or he's the CI guy. Same might make sense. He can assess if there are any news questions or a different demeanor. If Katie's husband is there, he can see if there are people we can develop for potential relationships. Understand what's going on here. They are talking about uh, sending Charlie to the White House to spy. And they're talking about developing assets in the White House to spy, including Katie's husband, who refers to Mike Pence's uh, former chief of staff. Katie was a person who had worked for Peter Stroke and the FBI. Her husband was Mike Pence's old chief of staff. Do you understand what's going on here? Who is Charlie? Who is this Charlie person? Now, Charlie was and can be, C-I, can be a name, and it's spelled without an E at the end. It could be a woman, could be a man, or it could be, uh, we used to use it for a, a term referring to, referring to confidential informants, Charlie. A generic name, you get what I'm saying? Yeah. Could be three things. Could be a generic name for CI, could be Charlie a man or Charlie a woman. Who is Charlie? Who is this person they are trying to insert into the White House to spy on the president? Does Ferrante know this? Is it Ferrante? Now, here's the ACLJ article. This is important because uh, Secular was on last night talking about this. Folks, this is a big deal. Exposing Jim Comey's covert operation and spies in the White House. Jordan Seculo, uh, he just uh, wrote this a month ago. Now, I have this out there. He was talking about it last night, this lawsuit. This is up uh, at Bongino.com. I want you to check it out. They want the communications between Jim Comey and others about this specific guy, Ferrante. Why has this guy all of a sudden gotten suspiciously quiet about this? Folks, this is the essence of the whole case here. The fact that these people on the outside were running this rogue intelligence operation and spying on a White House, how this isn't the biggest scandal in human history, I don't know. I am honestly, I'm not sure why even the leftist hack media, the leftist media hacks have not glommed onto this story in an effort to at a minimum get clicks and make money and said, okay, it's long enough that Obama's out of office now. We can report on this by not hurting the Democrat Party too bad. I always think of the David Dinkins effect in New York. When David Dinkins was a mayor in New York, the liberal media in New York used to defend him all the time. He was awful. He was one of the worst mayors we had in the history of the city. Then after Giuliani comes into office and cleans it up, even the liberal media in New York, the Daily News and others, had to admit how terrible Dinkins was because Giuliani had showed how the city could look if liberal David Dinkins wasn't in charge. When does that point come where the media says, my gosh, this is serious? You've got this guy Ferrante. He works with Obama on a presidential directive in response to a hack 
that was alleged to be in conjunction with the Russians and the Trump team didn't happen. That same guy is then inserted into the Trump National Security Council in a special position who then leaves to work for a private company that goes to work for BuzzFeed to verify the hoax dossier they were using to spy on the Trump team. While two FBI agents or an FBI agent and a lawyer are discussing inserting Charlie inside the White House, that it may look suspicious. And while they're talking about developing the uh, the spouse of one of their employees who's uh, works on Mike's Pence team to develop information or detect changes in demeanor. While we also found out that the January 6th Trump Tower briefing by Jim Comey wasn't a briefing at all, but part of Jim Comey's counterintelligence operation to float information to the president about the PP tape and others to gauge his response. Something stinks. And nobody in the media thinks this is a big deal. <sighs> now, one more piece from this ACLJ thing. Here's what's even crazier. There's a woman that replaces Ferrante in this position at the National Security Council within the White House from the ACLJ piece. To make matters worse, reports indicate that Ferrante wasn't replaced in the White House by another FBI official, Jordan Ray Kelly. Get, listen to this. Process this slowly. Jordan Ray Kelly signed security logs for Ferrante to enter the White House while he was contracted by BuzzFeed. Did you catch that? Yeah. So Ferrante leaves to go work on the continued destruction of Donald Trump in the private sector, trying to verify the hoax dossier for FTI consulting. The woman who replaces him, Jordan Ray Kelly, in this spy position they're trying to work, signs Ferrante into the White House while he's working with BuzzFeed. Folks, huh. journalism is dead and buried. It's not six feet under. It's 24 feet under. It is over. Again, if you're not listening to this show and following uh, Jeff Carlson and Chuck Ross and the other, Paul Sperry, who used his piece, only fair to quote him, the Daily Caller, you understand you're missing all of this? You're only missing the biggest story of our time. Unbelievable. Okay. Uh, well, let me get to one last piece. I want, I want to leave you on a bit of a lighter note because I know some of this is depressing. But it, again, I'm not giving up. I'm, I'm sorry. The story, if you want to give up, uh, that, that I, I know you don't. I get a lot of your positive emails. You're in this fight. I'm in this fight for the long term. And if it takes a year, two years, or 10 years to get justice... Then, then that's it. Then I'm in this fight. I'm not giving this story up. I'm sorry. It is only the biggest scandal of our time. And they, I think our enemies, our political enemies, are hoping and praying for apathy right now, folks. They're hoping people like me and Joe and you and the listeners out there go, ah, oh, I'm tired of hearing yeah. about it enough. I'm not tired. I'll never be tired. Okay, last night from the CNN 75-hour uh, telethon on the, the, uh, the global warming hoax, they had Andrew Yang on. Now, this guy worries me a little bit. I got to be honest with you. I'm not in the predictions game. I'm not. I just, I, I, I'm staying out of it. But I, I gave you my analysis of the 2020 election, and I call it, the, you know, the, the, the bowling lane analysis. There were only three lanes passed to the nomination for 2020. Only three. There's the insider safe pick, kind of like uh, to analogize it to Republicans, the Mitt Romney type pick, right? There's the outsider pick, uh, you know, the, the, the Donald Trump pick. And then there's the ideological, like radical ideological pick, the Bernie Sanders, Elizabeth Warren types, right? Mm -hmm. Those are the only three lanes. Those lanes are occupied by people at the top who the problem I think the Democrats are having right now in 2020 is those lanes are occupied by people that don't own their own brand. So in other words, Joe Biden right now is the safe pick for the Democrats. And by the way, he had a horrible incident on stage last night. I don't mean to make any light of it. He had like a blood vessel pop in his eye and his eye filled up with blood. I'm not putting, it's kind of, it's, it's a little disturbing. So I'm not putting it on the show for the YouTube video viewers out there, but you've seen it. It's been all over the news, but um, I'm serious. I'm not, you don't mess around with people's health. That's never funny um, ever under any circumstances, but he had a blood vessel pop in his eye last night. Um, it was, it was serious. His eye like pulled up with blood, but. That's not why he's not the safe pick. I, I'm not a medical professional, but from what I've heard, you know, it doesn't necessarily mean it's a medical catastrophe. 
He's not the safe pick, Joe, because he can't get out of his own way. Yeah. The guy is a gaff-tastic gaff machine. He just gaffs. I mean, he's the Teddy Ruxpin of gaffs. You stick a quarter in the guy and a gaff comes out. Mm-hmm. It's so great to be here in New Hampshire. Um, you're in Vermont, Joe. It is so great to be here in Vermont. <laughs> he can't, the guy can't get out of his own way. He's not the safe pick. Then you have the ideological lane, Bernie Sanders. The problem with the ideological lane is if you're going to be an ideologue, you better be genuine. And neither him nor Elizabeth Warren are. They're frauds. Turn that volume down on that baby. Bernie Sanders is a millionaire. He rails against millionaires. He's a fraud. Elizabeth Warren's worth $12 million. She's worth more than Bernie. Yet she's another one of these socialist frauds, too. So if you're going to own your brand, then own your brand. You better live like a socialist if you're going to preach it for everyone else. You better be the safe pick and say safe stuff if you're going to be the safe pick. None of that's happening. This is why this guy, I'm going to play video of Andrew Yang, worries me a little bit. Not to be dramatic, but the outsider lane is populated by more frauds. Buttigieg, total political insider, another phony. Um, you know, the outsider lane, who else is in that lane? B- uh, Bateau. Bateau's a congressman who comes from a wealthy family. He's not an outsider. It's a total joke. But this guy is a legitimate outsider, this guy, Andrew Yang. Now, having said that, his ideas are really dopey. Universal basic income. Let's pay people not to work. Gee, you think that could be a problem if people wouldn't work then? No, 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 no problem at all. But Yang came out and said something equally dopey on CNN. Check out this uh, clip of him talking about uh, how we should all basically be uh, curb our meat eating. No thanks. Check this out. Meat consumption, uh, beef in particular, is a major driver of yeah, climate is. change. Should, should Americans change their eating habits and eat less beef? You know, the U.N. just released a study that said we're going to be okay if the vast majority of the world goes vegetarian immediately. You guys see that? So... Uh, it's good for the environment, it's good for your health if you eat less meat. Uh, certainly meat is an extraordinarily expensive thing to produce from an environmental sustainability point of view. So I think it would be healthy on both an individual and a societal level for us to move in that direction. But again, this is a country where uh, there's a lot of individual autonomy and so you can't force people's eating choices uh, on them. You, all you can do is try and shape our system so that over time we evolve in a productive way. The verdict is in. Oh, bring on the ribeyes. No, Andrew. <laughs> and no. Now, to be fair to Andrew Yang, um, he, he he throws in a little kind of caveat, you know, buyer beware at the end. I'm not saying we should force people to, yeah. but we should shape. No, no, don't shape anything. Bring on the ribeyes. Bring on the porterhouses. Bring on the chicken. Bring on the lamb chops and yeah. the pork chops. Listen, I love animals. They're great. I do. I, I love the doggies. Doggies! I love the dogs. I love animals. They're great. But the Lord gave us minion over animals, and they are food. And I've got news for you. There are cases we'd be food for them, too, if we didn't have firearms to protect (laughs) ourselves. The world is a really mean place, okay? Let's not believe this. I'm a Lord of the Flies, not a Swiss Family Robinson guy, okay? Thank God we've got societal structures to keep the chaos intact. But as Havelock Ellis once said in the most famous quote, I think of all time, civilization is a thin crust on a volcano, folks. We eat animals i was a vegetarian when i was younger many of you don't know that for a very long time it was the most unhealthy i'd ever been in my entire life i don't buy that for a second that this vegetarian vegan lifestyle is the path forward bring on the ribeyes bring on the protein shakes give me the milk give me the eggs give me the fish we are here to eat the animals i'm sorry we eat animals it is essential you want the pythons? Eat the I'm like the whole look at this 22-inch python. Remember Hulk Hogan? You gotta eat meat. Eat the meat. If you don't eat your meat, you can't have any pudding. How can you have any pudding if you don't eat your meat? You gotta eat the meat. So listen, Yang has done a decent job on that side as the outsider. But Andrew, I think it's a big mistake. A lot of people in this country are going to the Outback or their local steakhouse, or if you have a lot of money, to Peter Luger's, and they want that ribeye steaming on the steak, fat and all tomorrow morning, and they don't want to hear lectures about how the government's going to poke and prod and try to, quote, shape people to not eat meat. Put the tofu burger down and go get yourself a Five Guys. Grilled onions, pickles. I eat two oh, of those things. Man, I'm getting hungry. I got to eat something after this show, I know, dude. me too. <laughs> I know, I have some Chipotle in the fridge. Oh. I have some less. I usually get two. Folks, one last thing. I know it shows it, but for those of you who know me personally who listen to the show, I eat like a slob. 
I, it's a little self-deprecating yeah. here, but it's true. I'll vouch you for have that. never seen a human being eat like <laughs> Joe. You've seen me eat, right? You and I. No yes. one in my body weight. Very few people outside of competitive eaters eat as much. True. I go to Chipotle yeah, and I get two bowls, double rice, double chicken, and eat them both. Last night I wasn't that hungry, so I only ate one. And when I go in there, it's funny. I go in with my wife, and I'm on the line, so it's me and Paula, or usually Paula goes first because she gets stuff for the kids. But when I go first, I say, oh, let me get two bowls, double rice, double chicken, and Paula's with me. So they go to the next person. And Paula's like, no, no, I'm not done. And the guy's like, you just ordered for her. I'm like, no, no, dude, that's mine. She gets a separate bowl. Those two bowls are for me. And they always look at me like, huh? Like, the, yeah. you're going to eat that? I'm like, oh, yeah, no problem, dude. I go to Five Guys. I used to get three doubles, oh, three, oh. and the large fry and eat the whole thing. Dude. Eat your meat. Don't listen to Andrew Lang. <laughs> and Yang, sorry, forgive me. Andrew, Andrew, Andrew Lang is one of my buddies. He teaches like, Andrew Yang. Do not listen to Andrew Yang. Eat your meat. Go get a ribeye today in honor of Andrew Yang. Support our farmers and our beef producers. All right, folks, that's the show for today. Please subscribe to the show on YouTube, youtube.com slash Dan Bongino. The subscriptions help us move up the charts. And also, please subscribe to the audio podcast, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. You can go to Spotify, iHeart, SoundCloud. The subscriptions really help us move up the charts. Thanks a lot, folks. I'll see you all tomorrow. <laughs> you just heard the Dan Bongino Show. You can also get Dan's podcasts on iTunes or SoundCloud. And follow Dan on Twitter 24-7 at DBongino.